Hey, this is Michael. And just before we start this podcast, I want to remind our listeners, we've had a lot of people ask, hey, McIntyre, when is the next level experience? Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> August 12th, 13th, and 14th, right here in Dallas, Texas. We've got a great location. It's going to be awesome. Look, this is not a hospital. This is not a fix-it thing. This is for people whose lives are working. You might be in between jobs, careers, startup, business, what have you, or you want to find a godly man or godly woman, or just go take that career to the next level, or, or make that first million dollars, or just get out of debt, whatever that might be, whatever your situation could be, financial, spiritual, relational, physical, here at Next Level Experience, we're designed through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes this thing over and will take you to that next level. It's experiential learning, just like when you learn how to ride a bike, yeah? And so, come on, it costs you nothing. All you have to do is be here. It's not your father's conference. In fact, it's not even a conference. It's, it starts at Friday the 12th at 2.30 p.m. sharp and goes until about 9.45, 10 p.m. And then Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Listen, each day builds on its own each day. And you get to be at all three days, right? Because it's not for snowflakes, baby. It's for people who want to accelerate their life in a holistic way. We all base this on John 10.10. And so, come on. If you want to take it out, it's filling up quick. August 12th, 13th, and 14th, right here in Dallas, Texas. Apply now at themichaelmcintyre.com. Enjoy this amazing podcast. Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your most humblest host. <laughs> For the next level podcast here at McIntyre, and man, are we blessed today? We are we are excited to have in Studio M the one, the only, my good friend Bob Hassan, who's an author, a business guy, an entrepreneur, uh, who's had overnight success in the last thirty-five years, yeah. <laughs> and uh, has done it the his way, and uh, with his amazing, beautiful wife Lauren, they have amassed a fortune, and they continue to bless the kingdom in this process. And Bob Hassan, welcome to the Next Level Podcast, my man. Michael, thank you. I'm honored to be here. And I love the Studio M. Of course, that must stand, that's got to stand for McIntyre, right? Come on, man. Can't get anything by you business guys, Bob. I love it. Hey, I want to read just a little bit of your uh, bio here. And I won't go into great detail because it'd take us all day. But uh, Bob is the founder uh, and CEO of HPCI, a painting subcontractor, which he founded in 1978. I love that. That's the year I graduated high school. Come on, man. We, I think we we're about the same age. Uh, yeah. For over 30 years, Bob has been active uh, a consultant on the board of many churches, ministries, nonprofits, and school boards. And he has also authored Business of Honor with Danny Silk. And I want to stop right there because 
that that one really was a game changer for you. And 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 what I love about that, because also Bob works with Sean Bowles. He's on the uh, Exploring the Marketplace. Him and Sean have started this podcast. It's spectacularly successful. And I've been blessed and been on it a couple of times. And so we've when, been blessed to have you on it, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so when you and when Danny called you and said, hey, Bob, let's do this book together. I mean, it was kind of a, it was back, what, 2017, 2019? When was that? 2016. And, and he tricked me. He tricked me <laughs> because he asked well, me. Danny. Help, yeah, he, he asked me to help uh, him write a book. And then after he shook my hand, he said, this is how it's going to go. <clears throat> and, you know, you have friends that believe the best in you and see things in you that you don't even see. And he saw something in me and I was mad at him for a long time. But it, the project came out really, really good. It did. It was a big time seller. And uh, really, it, it as far as being an author, it kind of that was kind of your coming out book, was it not? Of course. I mean, I hadn't even written a long email till then. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> if, so if you would have said to me yeah, in 2015, you know, you're going to write a book, I would have said, what are you smoking? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. So in this process, because, you know, uh, you know, Danny Silk's amazing and, you know, keep your love on. He's done so many books and he's got a great ministry and uh, you two become really good friends in this process. What was the one thing that you did? Cause you know, I, I coach a lot of people and I help them uh, get, you know, in fact, you endorse my book. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and, uh, but one of the things that I, I encourage people to do that have interesting background to have something to say is to write a book. So how was it for you in your first, in, in this first endeavor to do this, the first book with Danny? Was it a, was it easy? Did it come hard? What, what was it like for you? Um, actually, truthfully, it was really hard. Uh, it took 18 months to write it. And uh, there's a lot of spiritual warfare around it. Um, the, my, my editors really encouraged me to kind of go deep into my, my story. So there was a lot of, I come from a shame background, Michael. And, and so, you know, unearthing all that in chapters three and four was, was really hard. I ended up, it was so crazy. Uh, so, so much stuff got unearthed that I, I went back to a counselor for, you know, a couple months and I figured out the counselor was asking me the same questions that my editor was asking me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. wow this is this is something so I really went into my story the funny thing is the book is going out to uh to, to I'm arguing the fact that you can have an ethical honest honorable business and still make a profit and so the book talks about you know companies who are doing that versus companies who didn't and there's there's lots of uh, of stories and and studies that we that we came about but part of the book was uh you know about my uh, about my story of growing up. Yeah. And it's a, it's a remarkable story. I, and I really got blessed when I first met you. I think we met in, in, in Dallas at, or in, out in Plano at uh, Sojourn Church. Uh, when you, we came in for, I think the symposium, the business symposium, uh, but we got to meet and hang out. And then uh, I got to hear your story and your story was fantastic as far as you and Lauren and just share a bit with that with our listeners, because I think it's it's really it was a pivoting pivotal point for you, I believe, uh, in launching and, and teaming up with your wife in this business and getting because you were already going, but you hit some 
a tough roadblocks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just like you, um, you know, in the eighties, you know, and in the nineties, you know, there were, there were recessions, nothing like that we saw in 2007 and eight. Um, but uh, you know, there came a pivot point. Uh, Lauren and I have been married about five years, and uh, um, three of the builders that I was working for went bankrupt, and half of my half of my business went away, and my accounts receivable was uh, was just through the roof. And you know, I didn't see any way out, and I thought that we were going to go bankrupt. So I did what every good Christian does does is I isolated. You know, I didn't talk to anyone. I excluded Lauren and I tried to fix the problem right and, and um, finally she just said to me like when I got home from work one day honey what's going on and you know I told her this is after like 30 days of isolation and she's and she's just had this sigh of relief and she said I thought there was something wrong with our relationship and I was wow. like no and <clears throat> then she said this to me why would God have brought us this far to let us fail <laughs> I mean, this is a good woman, right? And and she said, I believe in you and I think God's going to give you a strategy to figure this out, which we prayed about it and he did. And it took, you know, Michael, I'd like to say, oh, it was just like overnight, but it took five years to pay off the debt that we incurred from this time, but we did. And, you know, for me, the story is, you know, having a partner, you know, a woman that you love who's your friend to stand beside you. And in those times, in those, in those reset, there's a real estate recession in the eighties here in California. You know, I had friends who wives were leaving them because they yeah. you know, couldn't provide like, like they thought they should. Right. No, it, it was, <laughs> I remember it. They were carrying some of these people out on stretchers. It was really a, a, right. a, a difficult time. So you negotiated and, and you negotiated, you know, to pay these people out and to settle with your uh, vendors. Right? And they were like, yes, <laughs> you know, and I think one of the things I want our listeners to get, because this is a platinum nugget from Bob Hassan, is that all you had, it doesn't cost you anything to ask. Right. And so <clears throat> before I had a problem, I saw the handwriting on the wall. I saw what was going to happen. I called my major vendors and I said, listen, I see a problem coming because of these factors in the business climate right now. And I think I'm not going to be able to pay you lump sum. So can I give you, can, could you extend me a payment plan? In other words, I had past debts on materials with different vendors. And in, in order to keep going and keep working, I needed to have some kind of settlement there so I could keep buying material. And one of them said, we've never had anybody call us before there was a problem. Usually what people do is they put their head in the sand. They don't return phone calls. We have to chase them down. And, and I, you know, for me and my ethics, I, I just figured these have been partners of mine for, you know, a decade, decade and a half by then. And I, you know, I wanted to see if it could work out and all five of these insurance brokers, bonding agents, material suppliers came, came to me and said, yeah. And I signed a note and, and away we went. And then what happened on the future jobs that we had, we put a pay as you go agreement. So they got paid as I got paid every month. And it, Wow. It ended up working out, but I'll tell you, I, I was so nervous by the first meeting. I, I, and when these people said, yes, it was, it was a shock. And yeah. 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 Uh, I, and I love that story, that business story, because it's reality and it's real. And, and 
you know, for you all out there that are listening or in business and may be behind the eight ball right now and you're trying to figure this thing out, you know, what you said in like your vendor said, we never had anybody come and ask us up front. We always had to chase them down. You know, sometimes just baffle them with the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know any other way to do it. Um, you, you have to sit and plan and talk to advisors and, and, you know, get your game plan together. But, but I found the truth is, you know, the most important thing. And the other thing is, you know, at, with our faith, you know, we have the ability to, you know, to be truthful. And if we blow it and we're not truthful, we have the ability to go to go to people in business and say, look, I, I got upset with you. I yelled and cussed and screamed or whatever the thing is. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry, that's not how I normally do business. And, you know, I'd like to apologize. And that goes a long way too with the truth. Yeah. And I, I love your ethics in this. I love your honesty. And I've heard so many different stories. And I don't want to have time today, but uh, sitting in uh, uh, enjoying fellowship with you and about different situations that you've dealt with in that process. And I remember, in fact, I think one of them, I, I listened to a podcast with you and Danny about uh, a prospective client really was not very nice to you. Uh, and you ended up getting the deal anyway, I think. Uh, but uh, all right. So I, I want to talk because you've got a really unique relationship. You and Sean Bowles have like, you know, you, you put out uh, these books here. This one here is Wired to Hear uh, yeah. by you and Sean. And uh, you've got other books out that you guys have done. And your latest book, which you so generously sent to me with a coffee mug and all this coffee. And and uh, and I think there was a couple hundred um, hundos in there, too, somewhere. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you were the special one. That's right. Shortcuts. Man, I've been gleaning through this thing. I've been highlighting. I, I wore out a highlighter in here. And listen, uh, for uh, our listeners out there, you want to book this, you know, the book is called Shortcuts, but there are no shortcuts, is there, Bob? That's the irony of this thing. And you got the line drawn through this. Tell us about shortcuts. Well, um, I, I think, you know, I've talked to thousands of young people in in my career in the church and i found kind of this dissatisfaction uh with with people who are in a hurry and you know, i talked to 25 year olds michael and i know you do too and they say things like i'm a failure because i'm not a millionaire yeah and you think right. wait a second like how old are you and <laughs> <laughs> who told you who told you that you'd be a millionaire by 25 when then the answer is always something like this everyone else is yes and and you think how does that happen and you know the percentage of what of millionaires in the country <clears throat> is you know under one percent mm -hmm. and and the percentages of millionaires in age is over 50. so you know i i think that what what has happened is social media has and and the highlight reel in social media has just put people in this place where they look at social media and they see people in front of resorts or yachts or planes or boats or you know <laughs> expensive vacations and mm -hmm. and they say you know everyone else is so when true the, when the truth of the matter is um <clears throat> we're all moving forward in this long process and so shortcuts is really about this proven path of a journey <clears throat> to purpose and calling and and journey's the key word. Yeah, no, it, it is a journey. You know, part in chapter two, you, you go and I, and it's so true. The comparison spirit with these 
millennials, young millennials, old millennials, Gen Zs. I mean, the comparison spirit is crazy. And, uh, you know, I think it's very demonic as well. And I think, you know, listen, I, I, sometimes I get caught up in it, you know, and I, you know, I have to check myself and give, you know, and give it back to Jesus because I don't want to be in that. Your chapter two uh, is the world is out of balance. And I found this interesting. One of the things you talk about in here is the evolution of the American work ethic, which I think is so important, Bob. You and I grew up in a time when, and our parents grew up when, you know, you put in an honest day's work for honest day's wages. I mean, you did. And I know you, I know you painted some, some places and, and you went some places where angels fear to tread to make a living. I know you did. So, uh, but that's what you had to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, I did, I, I mean, when I was in the air force, I had two side hustles when I was in the air force, you know, so I get it. So what, wh- how do you see the evolution of the American work ethic as it pertains to shortcuts? Well, I look at the industrial revolution that you, you're talking about with our parents and then, mm-hmm. you know, what we grew up with. And, and you look at the greatest generation and you see that, um, you know, our parents went to work every day and probably worked for 50 years for the same company, yep. hoped to pay their house off and didn't want to be in debt. And us, the boomers watched that. And then, said, you know, hey, the 60s are here. We don't want the man to control us. We're going to use credit card debt. We're going to show our parents that we can live mobile. And, and, you know, generally uh, got ourselves in a lot of debt. You know, the next generation that came after us looked at us and said, we're not going to get in debt. And and so I I look from the industrial revolution now to the technology revolution, and, and you see that there's no nine to five anymore. This, this is a 24 hour work environment. And so true. And so there's no really work life balance. You're always on call. Uh, uh, younger people, all of us are tethered to our phones and computers. Even when we go on vacation now, it's, it's, it's expected that uh, we'll be checking our phones and emails so that mm-hmm. nothing goes to the crack. So, you know, how do people, how do people rest? And, and so we're seeing severe burnout. And along with people who are, who are uh, just can't figure out how to work. You know, we've talked about the great resignation. Now it's mm-hmm. estimated that 10 million people have uh, left the workforce. And the newest thing that I read last month in the Wall Street Journal is this new phenomenon that employers are seeing. People are, uh, people are interviewing for jobs, getting jobs, and then not showing up. Oh, yeah. They're not showing up. And employers are scratching their heads like, what do we have to do? And where are these right. people going? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I, I know just six months ago, people were paying people to come in for an interview. And, right. and you know, I, I also saw in the Wall Street Journal is that, you know, you know the, the, this young generation, and I, I, I don't want to sound like my parents, but this younger <laughs> generation, yeah, they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. Yeah, we have to be careful because I remember, you know, my parent, my parents and, you know, people telling me, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're stupid. You're all these things. And, and they were right. Right. They were right. We were. And, and I, and I know it. And so in the writing of this book, you know, hopefully, you know, my goal was that I didn't sound like a mad white boomer male. Right. And, and, and I, and I don't, but, but check this out. Like, about work, like people are wondering about work right now. 
in Genesis 2, in the seventh, in uh, Genesis 2, 7, God breathed life into Adam. Mm -hmm. The very next thing that he said to Adam in verse 15 was, go tend to the garden or go to work. So the first thing in God's economy is, you know, go tend to the garden or go to work. And yeah. then if you fast forward into John, into John, Jesus says, my father and I are always working. So one of the things that I'm trying to get a, a point across in shortcuts is, is that this is God's economy. He, he values work and loves work. As a matter of fact, we always think about Jesus in his three years of ministry. But what about, let's just call it his 20 years of apprentice to his father being a stonemason or a carpenter. Michael, could you imagine, Good. could you imagine if you were having your house remodeled and you hired a carpenter and Jesus walked in, what would happen to your job site? Yeah. The work would get done on time. Yes. You'd pay a fair wage and people would probably get healed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, and I, I'm going to put an ad out there today for Jesus to come over. <laughs> you know, it, as you know, it's never ending in these houses. Yes. Right. Um, so, all right. And then, uh, one, and then here's another, I'm going to just a headline. Cause I want you to briefly talk about this in chapter seven. Passion is connected to people. Well, um, one of the things I hear, and I know you and I've talked about this again, is uh, people are saying things like, I'm not passionate about my job. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a big corporation. They don't have any social justice causes. Uh, they're only concerned about themselves and on and on and on. And so what I found is that, you know, as an apprentice, it takes years, sometimes decades to move into a position where you could be passionate. Uh, people graduate from college or some a school of ministry and they think, you know, I need to be the CEO. But right. For, for most of us, it takes from the ground up sweeping the cigarette butts, scraping the paint, doing whatever it takes in order to move up into a place where you could be passionate. And so what I suggest is that uh, people and relationships are where you're going to find passion. So if you're in an entry level position, then then look at the people you're working with and start to build relationships. And you'll find that that, that passion will be connected to relationships. And, and as you begin uh, to, to uh, influence relationships, whether again, you're in an entry-level position or you're in the C-suites, you'll find your character comes, comes through and people start to see you when you say, listen, I'm done with the task. Mm -hmm. Do you need any help, coworkers? or you go to your supervisor and say, I'm done with my task, do you have anything else for me? Character begins to build and people start to see that, uh, oh, this person is in the 1% because not only are they finishing their work, number one, they're showing up, yes. right? They're yeah, finishing right. their work and then they're asking if they can do something else. So good. And, and this will move people up in a hockey stick fashion to the point where they wanna be. Yeah. And listen, listeners, uh, millennials, Gen Z's, even some of you younger boomers out there, Bob is very successful. He runs a big, huge painting company in California. And this he's speaking from experience. And this is so good, Bob. And it's so true. I always tell people when I coach him, I said, look, make yourself invaluable. Right. right. And I love that connect you know, the passions connected to people because once you get involved, whether whatever your job is, and you know nobody starts out at the CEO level unless you've been a CEO, right? And you've got 
the gray hairs and the scars to prove it. So you do have to start out sometimes in the mailroom, sometimes, you know, doing menial tasks, but get connected to people. And I think that's where you find your passion. Because like I said, you know, nobody starts at the CEO position unless you've been a CEO, right? So you've got to work yourself on up to that, which I think is really good advice. Uh, and that's where that passion will come from. So uh, yeah, and, and the other thing too, I think that's really interesting about you, Bob, is you're very humble and because you're wildly successful there in California, right? You've done really well and uh, you've painted some huge places as well. In fact, uh, I believe you did the, uh, the stadium out there, the big, the new brand new stadium. What's it, what's it called now? Uh, it's called SoFi. It's the LA Rams Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Really excited. Yeah. And the whole story behind that contract, amazing, uh, which your amazing wife, Lauren, coached you through. Is that correct? Yeah, she's amazing. She is. <laughs> she she is. Yeah. And so, all right. Now, I, wanna, I want, because Bob's very humble. He's got a, a huge company, very successful. And this book, Shortcuts, is really a brilliant book. And also uh, the, the, his book with uh, Danny Silk. And I'll have these both in the show notes, because I think there's something that everybody can glean from. I've gleaned a lot from them, and I think it'll be helping you in business. Uh, all right. So, also, I want I want to talk a little bit about uh, you and Sean and your podcast that you guys do. And also, isn't Lauren doing some work there as well? Yeah, Lauren, uh, just she just did a platform. It was really, really incredible on Sean's platform. Um, and she did this class. It was really well attended. And she's she's actually I mean, you know, she's she's the talent in the family. I'm I, I like mop her up because. <laughs> She, she's just, she's just amazing. And uh, you saw her when we were in Dallas and I don't know, 2018 speak. So, oh, she's fireball, man. Yeah. She's good. She yeah. owns that stage when she gets yeah. out there. So I've been seeing her on this thing. So uh, tell me about her ministry and what is she doing with that? It's interesting. She's in a transition. Um, she, she had for, I don't know, decades, a, a ministry with uh, women and then and then every quarter she'd have major speakers and men and women, but COVID kind of shut that down. God's leading her into a different direction. She's got some exciting projects coming up that um, I can't really talk about right now because, you know, she's going to unveil them. And Yeah, and of course. Great. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, really excited for her. Well, I just, I, I just, I like seeing her on the, uh, the podcast and I like seeing her on the video. She's amazing. Uh, I want to quote this one quote here from John Bevere, who's amazing uh, he, on your book. He says, shortcuts will show you the proven path to finding your purpose, working with passion and fulfilling your potential. And, you know, John Bevere is an amazing man. Yeah. And to have him say that is really outstanding. And uh, I think this book will help a lot of people. So I always ask several, uh, every one of our guests, uh, Bob, if you've watched one of my podcasts all the way through. <laughs> I, won't, I won't put you on the spot. Uh, all right. Tell me what scripture you're sitting on right now and what books or book are you into currently? Well, I had, there's three scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, and uh, he'll direct your paths. That's the first one. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I have plans in the future for you. <clears throat> and then in Philippians, uh, the peace that passes all understanding, kind of uh, three all go together for me, <clears throat> especially with the general malaise that, uh, that that the country and the world's feeling right now. 
with the dislocation that's happened because of uh, because of COVID and all the related things with the election and race relations, there's a division yeah. that's happening right now. And what I'm seeing is believers have their eyes on uh, what they're looking at with and not on the Lord. And and so I think that for me, packaging those scriptures up together and spending time looking um, upwards instead of at the circumstances is really really important. So good, yeah, because we all have circumstances, don't we? We do. And no matter how much money you have or what, what are you got, it doesn't matter. You've got circumstances and, you know, stay out of that comparison spirit. Right. And right. That's, that's a big one. All right. Uh, what book are you reading right now or interesting books? Cause I know you hang out in Hawaii. I know you travel all over the world and uh, you know, and you're a reader. <laughs> I'm a reader and I'm not traveling all over the world. And that's my <laughs> wife and I love to go to Kauai and and I have a business that's mature. I've been at it for 45 years. So, you know, Michael, you're the you're a, you're so funny about wildly successful and all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> you're, business. Uh, you're the most humblest guy I know. That's awesome, bro. That's the awesome. The book that I love, right? The book that I really love is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Um, and I know, you know, with you and your ne next level experience, that that book really means a lot to you. And yeah. So. You know, I, I find myself using your uh, using some of the things that you say about going to the next level because you know Jim Collins is all about that, and and mm -hmm. he not only has he written you know the the three good to great and the other two books that follow it that are amazing, but if you look at him, he is an amazing time manager, like maybe the most insane time manager I've ever seen. Just you have your listeners just go like Google him and look at what his, his day is like. It's incredible. Good advice. Yeah. And uh, I love that. I read that book. I think I read that book back in like 2004, 2003. Right. And, uh, and I, I immediately made every one of my executives read it. I said, I'll be, I was down in Cancun, read the book on the beach and cause it's an easy read, especially for business guys. Right. It's really good. Uh, in fact, I'm bringing, I'm going to give it to the MBA group here coming up in a couple of weeks, but yeah. uh, I made them all. I said, listen, I'll be back in Dallas on Monday. This was Saturday. I said, I want that book read <laughs> and I want a 200 word essay on the book on my desk from each one of you. Uh, I was kind of a hard driver, but look, yes. none, none of their wives ever called me and complained that, you know, when they were making, you know, a million dollars a year, they didn't ever complain about that. So, right. right? <laughs> you, you get that. Uh all right, Bob. So I love your passion. I love your heart for Jesus. I love the way you and Lauren work together. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've shared a lot of different venues with you in different places. And um, you're a true friend and uh, a, a true uh, example of successful CEO, business owner, entrepreneur, walking it out the way Jesus walks it out. It's very impressive, Bob. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm, I'm honored to be your friend and be on your podcast. And this has been really fun. Yeah, and uh, it's good, man. So uh, listen, I just want you to know that uh, if you're out there and you want to know being wired to hear God, and I know you and Sean wrote more than one book, I believe. I think you guys oh, have got it. That's the only one so far. Oh, this is the Okay, all right, all right. Then but get my intel. Into this podcast that's every week that's, uh, you know, you've been on it a couple times and mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're interviewing people in business who you would never hear their stories. And like your story is so amazing. And uh, we get to hear those kind of stories. And yeah. 
you can you can buy short pets at in, on Amazon or at bobhassan.com and I'm active on Instagram at bob.hassan. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, look him up. Uh, start following Bob on Instagram. Start looking on Facebook. He puts out great content. I watch, I look at all his content. Uh, Wired to Hear, uh, connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. Bob, you run with some really cool cats. You're a cool cat yourself. Thank you so much. Uh, and you guys check out Bob Hassan. Buy his book. Go on Amazon. Go to his uh, site. Go to wherever. We'll get it to you. So <laughs> is that good? Yeah. All right. And you got, you've got daughters too, right? I've got, I've got two boys and two girls. I do. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. You got four. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. So you've lived a full life and you've been married. How long now, Bob? 34 years. Next Come on, week. I mean, and, I'm uh, at 37. So if you ever you need marriage beat. counseling, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have two grandkids now, so so life is full. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again, Bob. I appreciate you being on the Next Level Podcast. You truly are next level, my friend. God bless you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.